from here to there. We cannot go unless we change and start to grow. Welcome to Lead, Sell, Grow, a show that helps you amplify your leadership, grow your sales, and take your life to the next level, all while being human. Here are your hosts, Eric Konovalov and Harry Spate. Pressure is on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Our guests are getting better and better. Conversations are getting deeper and deeper. Oh my goodness, I'm so, so happy to have you guys here. We've been doing this for a little over a year. This is episode almost 90, I think. Right, Harry? Uh, yes. We're, yeah. we're up there, ladies we're and not, gentlemen. We don't mess counting. around. You know what's really cool? I was listening to Seth Godin, who's like the god for marketing. I mean, he wrote The Purple Cow. Like he wrote some great books. And he said when he's invited on podcasts, his minimum bar for entry, like he always says no unless somebody has at least 100 episodes on their podcast. And I've always kind of had that hundred episode, like I'm reaching out to Seth Godin on episode 100 and I'm saying, you got to come on the show. So, Hey guys, if, uh, before we kick this awesome episode off and it is going to be great, by the way, if you have not done so yet, head over to Facebook, join the conversation on elite cell grow the human experience tribe on Facebook follow us. And if you've been listening to the show and you like it and you tuning in every week, leave us a review. I found out they go a long way. So I figured I'd ask you to do so. Um, otherwise I'd be remiss. So Harry, enough about us. Uh Can you please introduce our wonderful guest today? All right. So now that we're in the right meeting, uh, we're going to introduce our guest, and she is uh, another amazing person. We've had a few, almost 90 of them on our program so far. And today we have a transformational healer, speaker, author, a women's empowerment advocate, and a dating and relationship expert. So that person is Gabriella Chang. We're going to call her Gabby to make it easy for me. And Gabby, so welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world these days. Thank you so much, Harry and Eric for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here today. And oh my gosh, there's so many wonderful things going on in my life. I've never been happier, fulfilled and more joyful in my entire life. Awesome. You are uh, going down this path of this dating and relationship expert. Can I ask what took you down this path? Oh, gosh, a heartbreak. (laughs) The most difficult, the most devastating heartbreak that I ever went through when I was, am I 32 years old? Um, After going through this terrible, painful journey, I decided it was time for me to heal. It was time for me to figure out my journey that I was not going to go through this again. And if I ever did, I will have all the right tools and resources to get back at it better than ever. And so I decided to use all that negative energy, all that painful energy to fulfill my next uh, stage in life. Can you take us to to the heartbreak? Like what happened? Well, um, I was actually married for nine years. When I was 21 years old, I met my husband. Circumstances, everything just made us come together. After nine years, I was not feeling it anymore. I was just unfulfilled. There was a void. I felt there was no freedom for me. He was a little bit jealous and controlling. I had no friends. So I decided to leave my marriage. We didn't have any children. And so one year later, I found myself uh, with this wonderful man that I loved. I fell in love like never. And so five months later, I decided to move in with him. I gave up on my new friends that I had just built. And this, uh, you know, the past year, I was single for the first time in a long time. And I followed him to another state. I got a new job. I changed everything for him. I was deep in love. And unfortunately, within the first month of us being together, everything changed. 
it became toxic and I stayed for a year with him when I knew I had to leave, but something wanted to stay, something wanted to fix things within me. And it was, we were just making a mess and hurting each other more. So I was in a very toxic relationship for a year until I had the courage to pick up my stuff, get on that truck and drive for two days back to Florida. <laughs> wow. wow. What, what does a toxic relationship look like? Cause I want, cause for the men who are listening, I think it's very important to hear a woman's point of view on what a toxic relationship looks like. Yeah. You know, a woman wants to feel secure and protected. We need to know that we are priority. It's okay if you have to work. It's okay if you have so many things on your plate. We accept that. But when you don't find that little time for us, that doesn't tell us you're thinking about us, when we don't get those little messages, when we don't get little things that make us feel that you are there with us, it makes us feel you are not paying attention to us, that your job is more important, that your friends are more important than us. So it's very important for a woman to feel that we are priority, that we can give you our hearts and you are going to protect it and feel us, make us feel safe. The number one concern and, you know, the number one issue a woman has is I don't feel safe. And many men think that, oh, but I'm working, I'm building this life for us. I am, you know, having this business and all this money for us to take you and do all these things. We don't care really about that. I mean, we do, of course. But it's not the main priority. If we don't have that emotional side, if we don't have you there, then everything else doesn't matter. Is that and for that's all when, women? That's for the majority of women, those who really care to have a healthy relationship with their man. There's some women who say that is not me and that's totally respectful. That is dependent on what she wants and how she wants to feel in the relationship. The majority of women, yes. That's the case. I would agree. So, okay, cool. So you, so what, what, but what was toxic about it? Was that like the fact that you didn't feel safe? Is that equal to toxic, being toxic relationship? Or was there more to it than that? It was miscommunication. I will say something and he will say, uh, no, I want to do it this way, or this is my way. And I'm not accepting any other way. Also, it is the baggage that we bring into the relationship. So when you are in a relationship and you are trying to fix things, you break up and you get back together. We broke up a couple of times and the trust was already lost from the first time. I, I, I'm the one who called it off the first time and he couldn't trust me anymore. He didn't feel safe with me because he felt at any time I'm going to leave the relationship. So therefore, he didn't make me feel safe anymore because he was not interested in spending time with me. He wasn't planning any time. Sex was not happening anymore. He was turned off. He was pulling away. And that made me feel even more insecure because he's pulling away. He doesn't want to spend time with me. He doesn't want to communicate with me, you know, and I could have used some techniques that I know now to help the communication, but because I didn't have those, com those communication tools and resources at my disposition, I made a mess out of it, you know, so I take full responsibility for the toxicity in the relationship. I also didn't have healthy boundaries as a woman. So I was wearing my heart in my sleeve because I was in love with the guy. I was giving him my entire self. I was cooking for him, cleaning while I was holding my job and going to school. And I was doing everything to save our relationship. But the more I was giving and giving and giving, the more he was pulling away, pulling away and not wanting to spend time with me. So that can know? turn into a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Like how, so having my own coaching kind of background i just have a question like how do you know that he was pulling away and not wanting to spend time with you when a man pulls away he doesn't want to spend time with you so definitely that is my my take on this is he doesn't want to spend time with me therefore he's pulling away he's pulling away because there is no attraction he's pulling up pulling away because he feels you know he feels overwhelmed with all of my energy with all of that i'm giving 
instead of giving it to myself, instead of making myself happy as a woman and having my friends, you know, moving in with him, I lost track of myself. I had no friends in a new city. I had a new job. I was remote. So I was 24-7 in the house. And that became too much for him. And he didn't communicate to me effectively that he wanted me to take care of myself and to go, go and do my stuff. He was more like, you should go. You can just go and, and leave. And so for me, it was more like, why don't you want to spend time with me? I just got here. You should want to take me and get to know the city because it's your city, right? Instead, he was just pushing me away so he could have his alone time, which at that time I didn't understand that he needed his time. Because also I came from a marriage, right? I was married for nine years. So I brought in all of that baggage. I became a wife and he stayed with his single life mentality. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's so huge. that created so, more issues. If we had him on the show right now, and I feel like Ricky Lake or like Jerry Springer, like we have a surprise guest right now. Oh, Come on no. <laughs> I'm kidding. We do not have a surprise guest. We don't know who this gentleman is. Um, but if we had him here, would and and he heard you say what you just say, do you think he would say, yeah, I wasn't attracted to her. I just kind of pushed her away and held, you know, I wanted to be by myself. Or what would he say? He will say he loved me and he did everything he could to make me happy. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for me as I wasn't enough for him. You know what I think? And I obviously there's I'm sure there's so many so much more to this story. But I see so many couples going through terrible, just like this similar experiences you're having. Like you kind of can't stand being there because you feel like you're being pushed away and he can't stand being there because he feels like his single life just got kind of a mom and a wife all in one. Somebody's probably saying clean up and we got, you know, creating plans where this guy just wants to probably drink a beer or something. And nobody takes the time to express to each other what they're feeling. And so you go on, you know, his story is probably, yeah, she tried to control my life and ruin my life and this and this and this. 100%. Your story is like, he was trying to push me away and this and this. And both stories are not true. They're just true in your own minds. Well, that's the interesting thing about the communication, which Gabby mentioned early on. Yeah, and we think we're communicating. We assume, and I think it was a conversation to have with you, Gabby, is that one of us is going to say, well, I thought all along you meant this by your actions or we're married. So obviously I love you. Right. So, I mean, but we may never say it. So these are things that, you know, we're thinking, as you just mentioned, Eric, that we're communicating just because the thoughts are there. But if they're not being uttered, I mean, who knows what the other person thinks? Yeah, right. Totally. Totally. You know, and I, I haven't read this book, but they, it's very interesting the way they put it. Men's brains are like waffles and women's brains are like spaghetti. So a man thinks in little boxes and he can just focus on one little thing at a time, usually logically, logically, but a woman it's a spaghetti. We go all over the place. We go in circles. We just express everything. And that's the way we need to process our logic and our emotions. So as a woman, we are always thinking and reasoning. However, we're also feeling at the same time. Whereas men will always go for the logic, the reasoning, and that increases testosterone, which is a great thing for men. But for women, an increase in testosterone actually makes us feel uh, stressed out. We start being demanding. We start being controlling. We want to be everything perfect. We're not, we want to have everything perfect. So it's just the differences we have in our brains and our fi- um, biology and how we function differently. Now, with the communication skills that I've learned, I actually teach women how to communicate what she wants in a way that he understands from a reasoning, logical side. How do you do that? Because I got to tell you, by by your description, I'm more of a spaghetti than a waffle. (laughs) And I'm definitely not a not a woman. (laughs) 
<laughs> I see that. However, um, as a woman, funny. if I can say, I want you to spend more time with me instead of, hi, baby, I really would like to spend some time with you. It makes me feel so wonderful when we're together and when you hold me. Because that's actually what she wants. She wants to be held. She wants to just feel him around her. So can you share what that is going to make you feel like? Or when you are upset as a woman, instead of telling him, why do you do this? And be all upset about it. Take three seconds, breathe in and say, when you do this, it makes me feel as if you don't care about my feelings. When you do this, it makes me feel sad and upset and I'm not sure how to react. How can we improve this? So asking him, how can we improve this? It's going to make him feel part of the conversation instead of feeling attacked and blamed. So now he feels a need to defend himself. So that's when the back and forth is going to start in a, in a conversation turning into a conflict. I, well, I got to tell you, if you start off with, when you do this, it makes me upset. No matter what you say after that, it's turning into a conflict because then it's defensive. <laughs> then I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I don't mean to do it like that. I thought, or, well, you're just taking it that way. And I'm trying to justify why you shouldn't be upset versus trying to figure out a way forward. That's kind of where my brain went. But I read this book. It's called The Five Love Languages. Have you ever read that? I was thinking of that. And yeah. before the book, and this was like a huge pivotal point in my marriage. Like I've been married for 14 years. We've been together for 17 years. And I thought like I, I could probably count on one hand how many times we've had a fight, like a fight where we didn't talk to each other for 30 minutes. I can count that on one hand. What I thought. Every time I would mess up or where, when my wife, Julia, would get a little bit upset, I'm like, to make it up, I will go and buy her something. I'd buy her a dress or a purse. Like her favorite store was cachet. And just that's how I would show my affection. And when I read the book, I realized that she, her love language is quality time. So for her, the gifts were nice, but she didn't appreciate those as much as she would us walking a mile together in the evening and just talking about our days. Right. And just by realizing that and making that little shift, I felt like the, the marriage and the relationship got a lot stronger than it was. And I actually understood my wife better. Like what, what, what drives her, what makes her tick, you know? So I think personally, I, I, I'd recommend that book to anybody who's married just to figure out, you know, we're looking at everybody through our own lens. We think I like gifts. I like alone time. So I think that, you know, just, Hey, my, my ideal day is I wake up, there's some gifts waiting for me. And then you leave me alone for a whole day. <laughs> this is Eric therapy. If we haven't figured this, this is out. Eric therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabby, um, what, what do you think about the five love languages? Do those have a place? In 100%. Yes, absolutely. That's the number one question. You know, I have a list of books that I recommend to my clients mm -hmm. and that's one of them. It's a short, easy read and it's important to know how can I help my partner feel more in love? Yeah. How can I help my partner, you know, deal with different situations? And uh, sometimes couples have the same love language, but many times it's not the same. So it's very important to find out what is their love language and to also ask if you can ask him or ask her weekly, how is your love tank? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm on a six or I'm on a seven. What will make it better to be at a 10? How can I help bring that up? What would you like to do? It's important to remember and to understand you are living with somebody else. It's not just about you anymore. And right. so you are, you have a responsibility to make your partner happy. Harry, how long have you been married? Uh, somewhere around 33 years. And my wife will say we're happily married for three out of the 33. And they're not hey. three consecutive years. <laughs> so, so as a guy who's been married for 33 years, how do you feel when you hear what Gabby just said? Oh, my goodness, dude. I mean, the light bulbs that have gone on over the last, I, I'd say, um, with COVID, 
my wife and I got to spend a lot of time, more time than we spent together since we were kids in the Dominican Republic. So I thought things were like smooth, you know, simple, you know, she's not complaining. Everything's great. I'm making all kinds of assumptions. Then someone suggested the five love languages. And then we started having conversations. I'm like, what? You're not, what? You're like this, what? And then uh, one thing led to another. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what the heck? Have I been blind? So yeah, I totally recommend that, you know, getting another set of eyes is like having a conversation. Like the conversation I had with Gabby the other day, one of the things she said is, um, she says, women like to be taken care of. And I went, really? And I started thinking about, I thought women kind of like to be their own boss. They like to have the freedom to do things and so forth. And then I started thinking about it after the conversation ended, because so, it bugged me that, uh, you know, she said I was wrong. So that's also great. But anyway, no, yeah, just mission kidding. accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point was that, I started thinking about that later throughout the day. And I said, you know what? She's right. Because when my wife and I were first together, it was all about me taking care of her. And I felt great about that. But then as time goes on, she wanted more, whatever. It's not about what the guy does that gives her fulfillment. She wants her own life and vision and dreams fulfilled too. So yeah, I mean, it's great stuff. Now it's my therapy turn. All right, I'm, I want to get out of this conversation. Before wait, wait, but have you thing. ever asked, like, hey, how are you feeling? You know, are you feeling loved on a scale of one to 10? And no, I've made seven, too like, many where? assumptions, dude. I mean, you're quiet, you're smiling, you're happy. I've made all of the wrong assumptions in life. And, you know, I think, you know, one thing I can relate to, and, and thankfully it never got really bad. I mean, it's not like we were cats and dogs, but you just, and I don't know if she's going to be honest. She tells me she loves me and that I'm awesome and all this stuff. But the thing that scares me a little bit is knowing people who broke up and, you know, the guy comes home and the wife left. No warning. I mean, we've heard of those situations and I said, oh man, how, how can anyone be so dumb? And my wife said, Oh, I can relate to that. I'm like, what? And, you know, it was like years ago, you know, it's just like I was in the zone at work, never even giving a care of thinking everything was great at home. And when she said that, it's like, oh, my goodness, how did I miss that? Scary. Yeah, it is. And you'll be, you'll be surprised on how much that actually happens. It's very, very common. And it's also because... Unfortunately, because I work with women, we haven't been told or taught how to express our feelings, how to share what we're feeling. So that happens a lot where she's completely unhappy and he's totally fine or vice versa. You know, yeah. so well, I it's think important. One of the things, oh, I'm sorry. You, you, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, so one of the things that you said is that that communication, I think in our conversation, you said most women would think the guy was totally disrespecting her because he's not communicating. Right. And then he thinks everything's great because she's not complaining. Is that kind of what you're thinking or is it, it can be like that because there can be a buildup over the years when men uh, can be a little dismissive of our emotions. So we feel now that we cannot share our emotions and so now we have this all men feeling like, I don't know how to read your mind because now the woman is not communicating and that happens a lot, right? And so we have to take a step back and say, okay, you're not reading my mind. So how can I express this? Because I've tried in so many different ways to express to you. But when men are just dismissive and saying, let it go, it's not a big deal. You don't have to, why do you have to cry about that? It's just what we have to do as women. And so if, if men can hold us, not in a pedestal, obviously it'll be amazing, but if men can hold us in a space where we can just share our emotions and they can just understand us without giving solutions and just listening to us, then it'll be easier for us women to process our emotions, to process our thinking and come up with solutions. Because when we share with men how we are feeling or venting out about our date or our difficult situation, 
the least we need is somebody giving us solutions because it makes us think like I'm not smart enough to make up my, to come up with my own solutions. I'm not intelligent. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just being crazy for having emotions. Mm. And so that shuts us down as women as well. And obviously that's going to cause to shut down the man in our life. It's a Eric, ripple effect. Eric, have you ever uh, given suggestions when your wife uh, just was venting? <laughs> yeah, trying to solve a problem. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And then what I attended she some course and uh, I realized that sometimes they don't want you to solve their problems. They just want you to listen and be present. When, when I come to you and I tell you my car just broke, go and fix it right away. But if I come and share with you and I'm just complaining about my job, the least I want you to tell me is quit. What right, wait, 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 do this. Yeah. <laughs> I might have no, said that once or twice. So I started, so I actually have started this and I guess it's a routine. I'm, I just want to make sure I don't misspeak because I know Julia listens to these podcasts. <laughs> I started like, saying sometimes hey do you want me to solve this or like do you want me to help you solve it or do you want me to just listen like wh what do you want what are you expecting for me to do right now just want you to listen or i probably got to do that more often but yeah that is interesting gabby who are your ideal clients are they women who are looking to get into a relationship are they women who are not happy in their relationship married single well, I've had all kinds of different clients. My ideal client is women who are single and they are looking to be in a healthy relationship. They're done entire with games. They are done with playing around and trying to figure out all by themselves. And they are ready to be with a successful masculine man who's going to just give them the unconditional love they're looking for. Where are you on a feminist scale? <laughs> because you're yeah. using some... You're using some some terms right now that like the feminist movement is really not going to like you for. No, I agree. I was thinking <laughs> they do not. But I have a strong stance because even though I've never been supportive of feminism, it is damaging our society and it definitely damaged me as a woman because so? because as a feminist, you're taking the provider provider role. You are pleading everything you are i can do it all and you're not looking for that community that we need mm. you're not looking to get help so you can do it all go and do it all you're strong you're powerful by what happens you're shutting down your feminine side you're not being nurturing you're not being loving and kind and as a woman that's going to make you feel completely overwhelmed by your long to-do list on top of hating on men yeah and you know um I, as a child, I have, I come from a sexual abuse background. I come from neglect. I come from all of this trauma that I had to deal with myself because I was done and tired of feeling unfulfilled and feeling that void within me. Uh, that's why I am the most happy and successful uh, now than ever, because I dealt with all of my emotional baggage and until you don't forgive your past or the people who do you wrong, you're not going to be able to move forward in life because you're holding on to that little bit of negative energy in your heart, in your subconscious mind. So I decided to forgive men in general. And after that moment, it's like a cloud just was removed from my entire aura. And I'm just feeling radiant and just in a beautiful state of mind. How old were you? Uh, I happened uh, from about eight to 12. Wow. I'm sorry that happened to you, Gabby. Yeah. So how I have somebody very close to me who was sexually abused. She's in her forties now. And this happened when she was a kid. And I, I think one time I tried to explain the power of forgiveness and she got really mad at me. Because it's like forgiveness wasn't even an option, right? It's like there's right. so much pain and hurt. And then after I thought about it, I'm like, I understand the forgiveness thing. I don't understand why she doesn't understand the forgiveness thing. But I guess the, the question is, how did you come to terms with that? Like what, 
it's a two-part question. One is, why do you think so many people hold on to it and choose not to let go or don't know how to let go? And two, how did you come to terms with it to say, I forgive what happened? You know, everything, just like you said, everything is a choice. You have to want it. You have to want to make a change in your life. And forgiveness is the last step. You cannot go from not healing this and jump into forgiveness. It's not going to happen. So, no, I will not recommend you to mention forgiveness to somebody who's been sexually abused or any other kind of trauma. It's very difficult. It's almost impossible to forgive without treating the trauma before. You have to work through the steps to recognize that, number one, it was not your fault. You're not guilty. Remove the shame. Increase your vibration. Increase your self-love. Fill up your cup. And then forgiveness is the cherry on top. It's the last step. And because you made the choice to forgive, I made the choice to forgive because I was tired of closing my eyes or having situations in which I felt the same way I felt when I was a child and having those memories back. I was done with that. I didn't want to do it anymore. So I decided this is my time to heal and to work through all of this. On top of that, I'm into self-improvement. I've read enough books to know this is what I need to do for myself. Because as long as you're holding on to any kind of negative energy or you're not forgiving a situation or a person in your life, you are tied energetically to that person. Why? Because you still remember and you're still going back to the past. So there is like a core if, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual uh, person as well. So there is a, a core that is uniting you to that person. And I decided to cut the core. I decided to just let it go. And when I made that decision, I felt that a, lot, a huge weight off of my shoulder, shoulders just came off. And I felt wow. lighter and like I'm floating. And, and, you know, it's funny because some people just see me walking. Some of my friends have told me this, Gabby, you look like you're floating when you walk. And I'm like, yes, because I feel like I'm floating. <laughs> <laughs> How did you forgive? Did you, was it like an internal thing or did you actually face the person and say, I forgive you? No, nope, you don't always have the option. And absolutely, I don't want to face him. You know, he's the last person I want to see. I don't want to know anything about him. This is a personal choice. And I just did it in my mind within myself. And, you know, it was just a little ritual that I did for myself. Actually, this happened when I was driving in the highway, a little bit dangerous, but I started crying and I'm like, it just happened. Like a blockage just was just removed. It was an energetic blockage that I could feel within me. It was removed and everything just left my body because there are energetic blockages that we're holding on to. And so that's what I help women remove. Let's remove the blockages little by little, layer by layer, until we get to the root of everything. So, you know, I can take women as far as the womb. Some of my clients have healed from the womb and they remember taking on some of their mother's beliefs and holding on to them. And they don't understand why some situations happen to them because we recreate everything in in our life we attract everything i am a firm believer that we attract everything especially mm. if you believe in the law of attraction you're attracting everything into your life no matter what you have karma with some people you have karma with some situations so everything happens for a reason right it's hard to accept especially as a abuse survivor it's hard to accept that i could have created that for me with my stepfather of course, it's difficult. I was just a child. However, as a spiritual person, I also believe in reincarnation. As reincarnation, I, could, I was able to remember a memory in which I actually abused my stepfather in a different way. So, yeah, this is kind of new. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's heavy. Is it, all right. It so, is. yeah. So, in... <laughs> What you just said, one of the things, uh, one of the many things, like Wayne Dyer, uh, Eric, you're, I know you're familiar with him. Um, I was listening to an old, one of his old radio programs, and he passed away a few years ago. But he was, if you had, if you're not familiar with Wayne Dyer, and you know what he wrote and things he said and the wisdom that he shared, I thought is phenomenal. 
But one of the things he said, what really got him on his out of his funk, because he was a, I think he was an alcoholic, he's overweight, living a disastrous life somewhere around the age of 30. And it, he traced it all back to his father. And so he went to his dad's grave. And he says, I was literally went there to urinate on the grave. Right. That's, that's how fed up and frustrated he was with his father. And he said he went there and he just uh, decided to forgive him. And so his whole life, once he forgave his dad, his whole life changed. And then he became this world-renowned author, speaker, motivation, you know, philosophical guy. Uh, so help me understand this. I mean, because I'm like, forgiving someone turns you around that much. I don't think I've ever forgiven anyone that much. So um, other than Eric, because he, he's made fun of me once or twice. But how does that and really your life work? turned around? <laughs> That's true. That's true. But how does that really work? So it takes a second for someone to change. All you need is the realization to make that change. And then your brain just clicks. So as long as you are looking and wanting to change, as long as you want to make a change for yourself, people can change. Harry, so, for the person that... Oh, sorry, Gabby. Just sharing. Like, yeah, so... Go ahead, go ahead. By this person going to the grave and wanting to just pee on it, he saw all the dead bodies. He saw that we all die. What is the point of doing this? What is it going to give him? So maybe he had a realization in that second that made him change the outlook in life. The guy is already gone. Why am I, what am I doing with my life? But carrying, carrying that, there's a weight you carry. Like she said, there's an energetic blockage, right? So when you're, when you're holding on to that pain and that hurt of what happened to you, you're victimizing yourself. And uh, if you're a victim can you be successful? Like if you believe that this, what, this is what happened to me, I was hurt. I was this, I was that, right? You kind of take it on a part of it is on yourself. You can't grow with that. You're, you know, you got, you got an anchor weighing you down. So that blame, all of that, as soon as you let that go, that there's, imagine how much room that makes in your life to just say, well, that's gone. <laughs> Look at the possibilities. You know, you have to look at it and it's different for everybody. In my case is what made me become the woman that I am today because I chose a path for me. I chose to be successful. I chose to go to school and get degrees and educate myself and become wise. And, and now I'm a, I'm a spiritual person and I help other people, right? For other people who have never gone through any trauma, you will be surprised on how much they don't feel they're good enough in their lives. I think you're muted, Gabby. <laughs> <I think. laughs> and this no, is I'm what not. happens. Oh, now you're not. Can you hear me no. now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've got her. Yeah, welcome I've back. The whole thing. Oh, maybe that's yeah. my. Oh, it said internet connection is unstable. <laughs> <for me. laughs> no, no, sorry. I mean, she was actually very coherent, and so. Uh, oh, my yeah, bad. Good stuff. <laughs> so I read your lips it was right you're, yeah. you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah, it was profound yeah so that whole I, I mean i really like what you guys are talking about on this setting yourself free um where you can pursue you know something other than you know living in the past so definitely Good stuff. Yeah, and at some point you have to let it go because there is a point in your life where it's not good for you anymore. Right. It was enough for the time you had it, and now it's time to go to the next level. You're not gonna go to the next level as long as you're holding on to your past and to the people who hurt you, and you keep talking about it and you keep venting about it, and you want people to to fulfill that need because you don't know how to do it yourself. It's time to let it go. It's time to stop victimizing yourself. Yes, you were a victim. 100% you were a victim. But what are you going to do about that? Com mm -hmm. Continue to victimize yourself and make yourself feel small, not good enough, and have lack of confidence? No. Get out of that and get into a better situation for yourself.
Only you, you can do it. Did you, um, did you feel like you stepped out of that victimhood position relatively recently? Because I know you, you talked about it, that your friends are saying it's like you're walking on air, but was it kind of gradual? Because I know you had all these challenges. I mean, molestation is beyond a challenge. So uh, not to minimize it, but that all of the abuse suffered as a kid. Um, did you kind of gradually grow out of it, of being a victim? Or do you feel like it was kind of a, you know, a moment? So for me, it was different because I never felt like a victim. For me, it was like, I want to go to school. I want to do all these things. I want to prove myself. And I am from Costa Rica. I came to this country almost 11 years ago. I wanted mm -hmm. to be more than just the girl who got abused. So I was never in victimhood. However, mm -hmm. I was stuffing my feelings. I was never confronting them. Mm. So I was numb for almost 20 years of my life. I've been numb where I've been disconnected from my femininity, where I've been attracted, I've been attracting men who are more in their feminine side and I am the masculine. That's why another reason I'm against feminism because I don't want to be in my masculine energy. Yeah. I want to be in my feminine. However, I'm building a business. I worked in IT as an IT engineer. Of course, I can be my masculine. Of course, I'm smart, but I can also be nurturing. I can also be loving and kind and respect everybody around me without disrespecting anybody or making people feel blamed for my life decisions. Yeah, that's Love great. It. Yeah, Gabby, the, so... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'm just curious. Like, where do women find a good man this, these days? <laughs> Like single they women, I, and I'm meeting them like they're single women who are really having a tough time finding a guy. If you believe there is a tough time finding a good, a good guy, there is going to be a tough time. Law of attraction, <laughs> right? Mm. <laughs> I made a lot of amazing, great guys. Now, are they are the ones that I want for their, I mean, there's only one that I need. For the rest of my life, well, that's gonna come with time. But I meet wonderful, amazing men every day, every day. So it's all about who are you attracting, and by you saying they're not good men out there, then you're victimizing yourself right. because you have different expectations. You don't yeah. really know what you want. So what should they do? They need to first know what kind of person they're looking for. How does he look? What are his values? What is he? Um, what does he do with his life? What are his goals? And what are my goals? And for that kind of man that I'm looking for, am I on that kind of woman for him? So maybe he's looking for a woman who's secure, who's more feminine. If I am more in my masculine, I'm not going to be a match for that man because he needs a feminine woman. And if I, I feel my femininity is what weakness then of course you're never going to find a man because you're going to be attracting feminine men. Men who are insecure, need reassurance, players. Narcissists. Well, that's Eric and myself. We're both very insecure. <laughs> the, uh, so is it okay for a woman to ask a guy out now in your, the way you think? The way I think, I do not ask guys out. They okay. ask me out. Okay. And because when you're asking a man out or when you are chasing and pursuing a man as a woman, then you are the one moving the relationship forward, not him. And as a woman, if I am the one moving the relationship forward, I'm not going to feel safe with this man because I never know what he wants because I am the one always making plans. I am the one always trying to do something for us. He just feels to relax and no, she's going to do everything. And that's when women get overwhelmed with feeling I have to do everything, I don't get any help from him. So it's important as a woman to let him come to you, to let him pursue you. Also, another reason I don't ask men out, because when I've done it in the past, um, some of them were taken or some of them were not interested in me. Yeah. So why am I going to put myself through that? A man who wants a woman, he's going to come for her. And I want a man who has the drive to come for me and okay. to with me of my feet that's great all right so do you journal yeah. about it do you do you wake up in the morning and you're like 
this is for the single ladies out there who are just feeling like it's too hard to find a man. Like what, give them some practical steps. They wake up in the morning. What do they need to be doing or throughout the day to attract that perfect Romeo? The, I wouldn't say perfect Romeo. <laughs> Sometimes it can be too much. <laughs> <laughs> I will say more of, you know, if you're feeling that I don't find men or I don't know how to attract a good man, Sit down with that thought, sit down with that feeling, that question, and just meditate on it. Just meditate on that five, 20 minutes, and then start writing, free writing. And you'll have your questions. This is the reason why you're feeling this way. This is why you're not attracting this kind of man. So journaling is a very important um, thing to do every day to let go of the blockages because nobody can give you the answers. Only you can get them within yourself. What a coach thing to say. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. It's just, I couldn't agree with you more. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Eric, as coaches, what we do is we bring out those answers from the client. We don't give them the answers. Mm -hmm. I don't have their answers. I can give some guidance. I can teach you a few things here and their relationship and communication skills. But at the end of the day, the answers are within each one of us. And I think you you hit the nail on the head where you're every every person you meet, you've attracted into your life. You want a different you want to meet a different type of person, you start thinking and attracting different type of people. Yes, and start rejecting what you don't want. You're attracting you men that are not good for you, reject them. Don't go and have sex with them. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Well, it was funny. I was listening to someone recently, uh, some podcast or some book I was reading about um, people who are in relationships think that they're going to change the person that they're with. And right. And so the, the person, the author, whatever speaker was saying, you're not in love with the person that you're with. You're in love with a person that may not exist Right, because you're you're trying to change the person that you're with into someone else. I, I said, "Man, that is just such a revelation." I'm I'm shocked that my wife has put up with me for so long. But I mean, she's hoping I'm going to change. But uh, hopefully, humor <laughs> gets uh, hope for hopefully humor works with her. But you know, it's 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 valid, isn't it? That yeah, there is a saying actually that um, women get married expecting men to change, and men get married expecting she'll never change story wow yeah okay <laughs> true story That's, yeah yeah this was great how can um how can women reach out to you or find you who might be interested in learning more about finding their perfect kind of soulmate or attracting the right man yes if any woman wants to learn more and they would like to have a clarity session with me just to understand their options and see what we can do together they can go to divinelovechat.com and schedule a consultation right there, a clarity session. Awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes. So just look below and you'll see that website. Harry's going to do it. So if it's misspelled, it wasn't. Yeah, it's just, I'm pretty good at it though. But you stop making really fun good. of me. I'm really offended He's by so that. good. I'm never going to forget Harry's you. good. Gabby's good. We're attracting what we want in our lives. That's so true. So and, much um, good stuff out of this. I'm going to actually... Yeah. My marriage is even going to be better after this. I mean, yeah. I think. What about yours, Eric? I mean, I know you guys have never had a disagreement, which I'm stunned by. Okay, all right. So I'm making a little joke, but not many, but <laughs> less than five. That's great. Yeah. But do you feel like this is going to be helpful in your relationship? Yeah, time? absolutely. Because yeah. I think we're creatures of habit, and that you know, a hundred percent. You know, women yeah. want to feel like they're being taken care of. Most of them, like deep down at their core, whether media tells you you shouldn't or not, that's kind of how we're we're wired. Um, and just open communications. If I feel a certain way, and I want Julia to know, I gotta I gotta let her know. Yeah. I think that's the way it's gonna work. That's intimacy. That's becoming vulnerable, right? And also, you know, people confuse what it means to be taken care of. I don't want to quit my job, but that doesn't mean that I don't want you to take care of me. If all I want is those little things that make me 
that turn me on. All those little things that you can do as a man that are going to make me want you more and you're going to enjoy it. One a week, take her out on a date and create the most romantic date night. Remember when you were, you know, dating her at the beginning and just mm -hmm. do it once a week. And trust me, you'll have a wonderful night. There Maybe you not go. the beginning if you haven't done it. But if you do it progressively and continuously, you'll see how she's going to turn around as well. Yeah, it doesn't take much, but it does take more. And it's that simple little text message in the middle of the day. Hey, honey, how's right. your day going? Just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Yes. It's that simple. Hey, I'm going to be driving past your favorite restaurant. I don't mind stopping in there, picking it up for you. Do you have a craving for something? It's just that little something little extra to show them that you are thinking about them and that they are more important um, or that they are important in your life, I think goes such a long way. Yeah. yeah. And if they're venting, don't solve the problem. Just listen. Just hold her <laughs> hand. Honey, I want to hug you. That's feminine. Problem is uh, feminine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not hugging just, That's a whole other conversation. We've got other conversations no, no, no. to talk about. <laughs> just I'm get into you got two hands. Take the left hand. Put it in the right hand as you tell me so you hold your own hand. Oh, I'm my here goodness. for support. Oh, my God. I'm support. Julia. <laughs> I need to talk to her. This is fun. Yeah. Gabby, right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Hey, if this episode resonated with you, if you liked it, hit the five star force. No, hit the five stars, write a comment. Tell us how funny we were and how awesome Gabby was. And uh, we love you even more for that. Thank, thank you, you for everyone. being here, Gabby. It's great. We appreciate you guys. You're all From here to there, you're going to grow because you've listened to our show. If you like our podcast vibe, don't be a stranger. Hit subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join the B2B Sales Secrets Facebook group and we'll see you on the next episode.